Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. How are you doing, Logar? How are you doing, listeners? This is Light, the Light from Your Thief. I'm doing good. I did really good because guess what I just rolled? What did you roll there, Logar? Let's see. A natural 20. Not 20. Those are the best. It's a crit. Now, critical hits and crits aren't something that was always in the roll set. But I've seen a lot of people approach it differently. I think I've got a few ways that I've found that are cool to approach it and that I prefer to approach it. You got your critical hits and your critical misses. I know that you do something different than what I do often in your games when you're running Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. As you mentioned, there's critical hits or successes, which are 20, and then the critical fail, which is usually a one. So with the critical hits in, in the game that I've been running with, which is the Hyperborea game, I've been going by the rule book on that one for the most part, where depending on what your class is, after you did a, do a critical hit, you roll like a 1d6, and that will tell you what type of bonuses you have. It might be like double damage or triple damage if you're like a fighter class or subclass. Or if you're only like a thief or wizard, it might be like a plus one or plus two to your damage. But so, it's gonna it's gonna range depending on what you roll on that chart, correct? Correct. It will range depending on what you roll on the one d six chart on how much damage, extra damage that you do on top of your base damage. So that adds a little bit more flavor to the game, and it gives your classes the ability to do some more damage for the fighter subclasses and such. For the critical fails, we usually try to do something that's uh, humorous and silly, with everything from you know losing your weapon to hitting your friend. But now there's also a critical failure table within Hyperborea that they've published, which I'm now starting to use, where if you throw a critical failure and one on your initial attack, you get a row on the table of failure, as I call it, where you got to row a 1D12. And it, again, it depends on your class, what the effects may be on that table of failure. It can range from dropping your weapon up to hitting your friend or hitting yourself and doing extra damage to your allies. So... Now, I've noticed that you enjoy that critical failure table a little too much. Because the Hyperborea <laughs> game, for some reason, we uh, roll a lot of ones, so I think it's hilarious and humorous. Um, it's a tradition within Hyperborea now to roll once at critical moments. Now, when I ran Pathfinder, I had some decks. There was a critical hit deck and a critical yep. fumble deck, and those were really cool. I would use those when I... And it's been quite a few years since I've run Pathfinder, but when I was running that, my grain group looked forward to pulling the cards. It became a part of the game. They had a lot of fun. So, okay, it's your turn. I would I would take the whole deck out and kind of spread it and say, choose your card. It's your choice. You get to you get to pick. And they would they would get excited when they rolled a twenty or a one. They right. wanted to pull that card. And it honestly, if you can get some kind of critical hit, critical fumble cards, it's a fun thing at the table. Uh, playing online is a little harder to use the it deck because you can't be like, here you go, you get to pick. You're not. But that yeah. we had a lot of fun with. And there's a lot of different, each card would have like slashing or blunt weapon. Right, slashing, blunt weapon, arrow, yeah. melee, spell. So I have the same, you know, critical hit and critical fumble deck. It's a little bit trickier because, you know, we run OSR games. A lot of these decks are built for 5e or Pathfinder or 3e. So, yeah. So maybe that's something that we should come up with is the, the BX critical hit, critical fumble. Right. Deck. <laughs> That wouldn't be a bad idea because, like I said, I think I have the same deck that you do, but it's for 5e. So, yeah, Paizo put out those. I think there's one for second edition as well. Um, I'll have to find out as I'm picking up some second edition books here. Let's see what, what's out there. But yeah, I like the that one of the things that I'm doing, I'm doing a completely different thing with critical hits 
in the riffs game that I'm running on. I actually ran it last night, Sarah. We're recording on Sunday, so I ran it on Saturday night. What I'm doing there is I have, if you roll a natural 20, you have a choice of what kind of damage you do and where it's done. Because one of the things I hate is I rolled that natural 20. Yeah, you get double damage. So what I used to always do is, okay, double damage meant that, let's say you have a D6 for damage. You have to roll that D6, two of them. Yep. Well, then I just rolled a one and a one. I did very little damage, but I did very good with my hit. It really wasn't that good of a hit, was it? Right. So the choice I give them is you can do one or none damage to what I say half max, which half max is like half double max, you say. So it is if you're rolling D6 for the damage, you get. 1d6 that's already maxed and you can roll that second one and add whatever you roll so if you roll that one your six is still a six it's a seven now plus whatever bonuses you might have from strength like say you have plus one strength it's eight so at least you did well with that critical hit no matter what and i like the idea of saying okay you can choose how much you want to do up to that large amount because Sometimes you might not be trying to kill something. Let's say I'm trying to get a weapon out of that feller's hand and I attacked him and swung at it. I want to do no damage. I don't want to cause him any pain. Roll my 20. Okay, since you did good enough to accomplish what you were trying to do, I could even say it's an automatic call to shot wherever he's called to the place. So that's kind of the house rule I've taken in the Rifts game in approaching it. I found... We haven't used it a whole lot because not that many crits yet attack. <laughs> so, but it's worked so far. The few times we have, I think that it's been positive. Yeah, I mean, some some DMs or systems they'll just like you said use a uh, max damage, or max double damage, or max damage plus a roll dice like you've been doing within the uh, Rift game for the critical. Yeah, so, with that and I want to put this out there too that that was not me that came up with that. I actually got that from an episode of the Glitter Boys podcast, G L I T T E R B O I S, I believe it's spelled, and they do a Palladium role playing game podcast. And I heard them bring up that house rule or something similar or close to that house rule. And I said, "That's cool. I'm going to use that." I think they may have done just choose to do max or something like that. Yeah, I mean the other thing is you know outside of combat. When you're doing like say attribute rows or saving throw rows or something that's non-combat and you get like a critical um success a lot of times i'll let the players narrate how successful they are you know let's say you were doing a dex check to go swing across the chasm to save the princess hang from the burning rope or whatever it is and you hit a 20 i'll let you go ahead and describe and narrate that um success because it's super exciting for you to be able to hit a natural 20 right so i let the players yeah. A lot of times narrate that. Um, if they go to critical failure, then usually it's it's me as a dungeon master narrating how bad they failed. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I've seen is that people don't like the critical success stuff in a lot of things, especially skills, because I think that in, in newer editions, I know that I heard of, heard a lot of people that would talk about in third edition and stuff. There was that people would say they felt there was an abuse of this where people were doing things that were impossible to do because they rolled a 20. I mean, there's got to be some kind of... There has to be a balance of reason. Yeah. Yeah, like, number one, you got to wait till the dungeon. Okay, you can... The dungeon master. I'm not big on rolling all the time. And a lot of things that you roll skills for, I think, should just be kind of given at times. Um, 
but I don't, I tend to, we, we're, like we've said, we play a lot more of older editions and retro clones as well. So we're not rolling skill checks per se as Pathfinder or third edition or fifth edition would. So when you get into that mechanic where you're willing, rolling those skill checks with that 20 similar to combat, you have the critical success or critical failure thing. I think it's a question of what, should we be rolling all the time when we're doing those skills? Should the option of a critical success even be on the table? No, that's true. I guess it's depending on the uh, task that you're trying to do and how difficult the task is, because, you know, to, to find the laws of physics without you using magic, then yeah, it's not <laughs> going to be possible. So there are balance and limits so that you don't turn into like some super feat you know, machine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rolling to change the oil. I think if you're a mechanic, you don't, you probably shouldn't have to make you the have oil to roll. change Yeah, check. exactly. <laughs> you know, now, however, if you're trying to do an oil change check and you're standing your head and you got kids running around you playing basketball. You that's, know, that's when you check. That's when, when you do There's something at check. risk. There's yes, something exactly. at risk. When you're under duress or stress or it's actually challenging to you, then yes, you should do it do a check but yeah we're not gonna make a roll every time if it's a basic skill you know yeah well, if we're setting up camp for the night you don't need to make some kind of survival check like like that's just unnecessary to me you should be able to put your tent up and, and whatnot like a lot of those things start in the fires and stuff like that a lot of this like most common things you're doing throughout game most of the time shouldn't have some kind of check so the option of a critical success or critical failure and my philosophy of game i don't think should be on the table all that much no but again the critical success and critical fairs do add a lot of fun and humor into the game when it is being used because it adds <laughs> a good level of excitement and um at least with the critical fails i tend to run my critical fairs a little bit more silly and humorous and embarrassing for the characters <laughs> i tend to run everything a little silly <laughs> I, I honestly i lean into trying to have fun with the game and yeah yeah sometimes i realize that what i what i did was just an entire entire session to build up to a huge punchline <laughs> like, oops i just dropped that one. i did that with the halloween game at the end i felt like i had a punchline at the end with oh the, that, that, that was pretty funny with the uh yeah with the possessed Sasquatch. With the possessed Sasquatch. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was quite terrifying. You know, <laughs> there's lots of house rules for crits. Uh, sometimes that people don't even do critical success, critical failures in their games. It's just pass or fail. I kind of like something with variance. I'd like to someday look at some other like Star Wars role-playing game and stuff like that have other elements besides just succeed and fail in the game that add another dimension to just the roll up and roll down maybe we should talk about something like that here in the next couple weeks coming up because that takes the concept of crits and stuff like that to a whole new level this got elements where you can succeed but not but bad things happen you can fail but positive things happen and stuff like that so that's that's kind of not beyond just a crit that's kind right. of another a, a, another layer to the game that could spice things up and make it interesting i've seen that approach a few different ways yeah i know within like say the savage war systems you can have the what they call exploding dice so if you keep rolling a six you roll again if you hit a row six you keep on rolling they can stack and all of a sudden you're gonna have a huge amount that's stacked if you keep rolling a six for example yeah that's an idea there too if you roll a critical hit and you get that double damage let's say if you hit max damage on one of them do an exploding roll that would be a neat a neat house rule i don't know how much it would break a game how often it would happen that you keep on exploding but yeah cool exploding out. you know exploding dice is one we've uh done where you've if you roll a critical, then you get advantage on your next attack, for example. Yes. Or you get advantage on your initiative or, or something else to give you a bonus into the next round as well, too. So we've seen that as well. 
that's about all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our URL and keep those dice rolling. And may your dice always be lucky with crits. <laughs>